and welcome to Pretend to Imagine, a weekly podcast with Tyler Smith and Greg Fisher. Those are our real names. Uh, tonight we talk about porgs and our desire to eat them. Your desire to eat them. Oh, you know what? They're, deli- they're, they're delicious. delicious. You know, yeah, they taste fine. like chicken steak. Uh, so, so, have you ever had a chicken and steak burrito? That's porg. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we talk. We talk a little bit about uh, porgs and, and the desire to squish them. Uh, we talk about uh, dolphins giving gifts, and that goes into an evolutionary discussion. Uh, and then we, uh, we 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 move on into. Uh, uh, oh, actually, before X- that, we we talk about X rays and the CAT yeah. scan and how yeah. those things kind of work and how nifty those are. And then uh, finally, we talk about immortality and uh, genetic engineering. This and, is uh, a full full podcast we a, had here. This, this is, is a pretty pretty. pretty high, this one's a bit highbrow, folks. I don't know. Well, we might have to get some feedback as to whether you like a highbrow podcast or a lowbrow podcast. Wait, you, should I make some fart noises to to raise no, the, raise no, the uh, intellectual level no, of our podcast? Okay, no, no, I'll I'll be good. No. <laughs> Look at you. Yes. I'm looking at you, and you know what you have in your hands? In my yes, nothing, nothing. You got nothing. I bring nothing. You to the bring table. nothing. Okay, well, you brought your bad self here, so yeah. that's that's all right. So um, I don't have much either. So let's we'll, we'll, we'll use the small, thin fillet of topic that I have and, and <laughs> see if we can stretch that out. Maybe we can make it into a soup. Are, are we set, we're setting up our v- I, listeners I, I, for... They're just like, why are we... We're just turning this off right now because, you know... All right, so what do you got? What do you got? All right, so so it, interestingly, um, you and I have both seen the Star Wars movie. We have. And um, you had uh, mentioned previously mm-hmm. uh, that um, porgs are roasting size. <laughs> <laughs> they they make a they make a perfect little porg roast. You can probably put it on a bulky roll. They plump when you cook them. They plump when they, and scream. Yeah, they scream too. Uh, so I I I was reading about porgs recently, and um, there's actually a psychological basis for wanting to eat a porg. Okay. Oh, it has to do with cuteness. Correct. If, it, if it's why you want to hug something it, so hard. Right. If something is so cute. Yeah. That you can't take it. You immediately have a sort of retrograde, violent response to it, and this is this is actually. Let me tell you something. I've heard this, of this. This is in. Um, this has. Uh, it says there's a strong response to cuteness that involves the suggestion of eating the cute being, and oh, they I, say they oh, say I that eat you up. They, exactly. They say they found that this phenomenon is cross cultural, and that numerous languages, including Bahasa Indonesian, Dutch, French, Greek, and Vietnamese, include expressions of eating a cute thing. And hugging it to death, and hugging and, it to death, and, crushing it. You know, and just well, I want to squeeze you till you till your to, eyes to pop you, out of your head, burst. And, 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 you, and you die. And so what they, they're saying is that people become so overwhelmed by cuteness that they have to do this to sort of balance themselves back on psycho, strong psychological footing. The, the, the cuteness is literally overwhelming their psyche, and they have to destroy. They have to become you know, violent. It's, it's sort of like when you eat something really, really sweet, and then you chase it down with a little bacon. Well, speaking of which, yeah, we had uh, burritos today. And we will be, <laughs> and we will be chasing it down with uh, with uh, our our non sponsor non sponsor insomnia cookies insomnia yeah. cookies. So Which, when will they become a sponsor? Uh, I can I can pitch it to them if they want. Uh, they, I'll, I'll, you know, <laughs> you know what I really should do? I should probably try to get this podcast into Brown University. Maybe I should uh, start putting something up there. You know, you know those annoying things with the, with the little the little the little cut slits slips at the bottom. That you put on a telephone pole, you know, lost cat call, you know, two, yeah, two, two. Yeah, so, somebody put one of those around work, or it had a picture of a dog on it, and it said, have you seen this dog? And then you go up to the slip, and the slip says, now you have. <laughs> 
There was one they sent to Megan. It was a, a lost unicorn. Lost unicorn. Yeah, it was a lost unicorn. All uh, right. So we so so, so, anyway, so, so things to death. So you want to you want to crush the porg. You want to eat the porg. Uh, Jonan Vasquez, a great uh, uh, cartoonist. The great the, Johan the great Vasquez. Jonan Vasquez. He had this one. Me marshmallow peep. Smash your head, please. <laughs> It's a perfect example of that, you know. It's like you see the march. So it is a psychological, a psychological. It is. Response it's it's that, a real thing, uh, and and it's just. Does uh, Germans have a word for this? Because it sounds like that they would. Let's see. Um, I'll have to get back to you on that. I might. I might. Uh, Are you going to create one for us? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, oh, I wait, wait. Freulichessen. 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 Joy hatred. Joy. Joy hatred, joy killer, joy killer, joy killer, toter, Freulich, Freulich toter, something like that. Anyway, so so the, so it, so it's real. So my point is, don't feel ashamed. If you want to take that porg and whip it into the wall as hard as possible, no, no, nobody wants to do you that. Wanna, if you want to take nobody a Cuisinart and shove that porg head first well, into the Cuisinart, and there's like you know, it's just it's all over the place. A frothy porg. If, if you want to, I mean, I hate to admit this, but I mean, I I laughed. When the gremlins, the light got them. And they're like, ah, oh, bright light, bright light. I'm like, yeah, thank God. It was no, too cute. You, you're, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, too cute. You, you, it was too cute. So the, the porgs were very cute. And they were, they were one of my, well, not my favorite things in the movie, but it was it was a- I don't know. To hear you talk, it probably was your favorite thing in the movie. Uh, so you know, they, 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 it was a good it was a good movie. Uh, so, But the porgs- The, you por know, the porgs were oh, not- Oh, no, we- Yeah. We're not giving away a spoiler, are we? No, it's, it's we're a just minor, talking about porgs. Yeah. But the porgs were not overused. They were not done heavy They weren't handedly. overdone either. They weren't overdone. It wasn't heavy handed. It wasn't beating you over the head sorry, with a pork stick. They weren't overdone. Brumpa. <laughs> Chewy. So but, anyway, uh, all right, anyway. go go. But uh, no, certainly certainly uh, a, a nice aspect of the movie, not a big aspect of the movie. We're not here to, to review Star Wars. I mean, we're not uh, doing that because, uh, as you know, Greg's in the business and he can't really talk too much about Star Wars. Uh, you don't have because, to tell everybody that. Just, just, he's, just, he's just in the business. Go. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. So anyway, yeah, but I enjoyed the porks. Yeah, that was good. So so if you see a porg and you want to bite its head off or roast it or or fillet it, go or ahead. Otherwise, it's okay. Don't feel like you're a bad person. It's a normal psychological response. And let's all be, be careful out there with our porgs. I read a factoid. Yeah. If you pull scotch tape yeah. in a vacuum, you create enough x-rays to, enough radiation to x-ray a human body. Pull scotch tape in a vacuum? Yes. Now, maybe in the future, I will actually read the article and discuss whether that's that true or not. How you would do that. Well, I mean, but what would... I'm really curious about, and that's true. I, I did read that somewhere. Yeah. I, I suspect that to be true somewhere. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll, in a minute, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll look into it. But what it made me think of is with radiation and x-raying and you being a doctor and all that yeah. stuff, how does x-raying work? How does x-ray work? Okay, so basically, um, X-ray X is kind of kind of nifty. It it, uh, it costs the lives of both Rontogen and Curie, who back in the... 20s and I think maybe 30s were studying it and they so both had, they, who were they, what, they, were the, what were the names again? Uh, I Marie Curie. Yep, was a female scientist who worked on it and I forget Rontgen's first name it was probably something German, but anyway uh, these two studied they both ended up with cancer. Yeah. And uh, but uh, man, what a thing! So basically, you um, what was that? And just as an aside, what was the cancer rate back then? Was it was it 
far less than today. I think? would imagine it was it was probably pretty complicated because it's likely people died of other things first. Mm-hmm. Cancer is one of those diseases that only happens when your species lives a long time. Right. So if you like, you know, if you die of like pneumonia at 32, you know, that the cancer you would have had in your 70s never, never occurs. People, of course, back then did live a long time. There are many people who reached their 70s and 80s, right. but... They were because there really wasn't much in the way of antibiotics and intensive care and cardiac care and all these kinds of things. People tend to die earlier overall. It's not that the the absolute lifespan was less. You people always talk about they're like, well, back in like you know the Middle Ages, you lived to be forty. And I'm like, well, no, the yeah, infant mortality rate was the, the, the infant mortality rate was so high. The average that, was forty, but the not the, only that, the ability to live long life was not, just not as only much. that. You had to get the infant twofers, where it kills yeah. the mom in childbirth, and they both die. You know, so it was <laughs> infant it was a, twofers, the twofer, you, you know, terrible. Like the, it, what? There's nothing All wrong right, with go that. Go ahead. Go so ahead. anyway, the so the idea is that um, so X-rays. You basically what you do is you place the patient. In front of the X-ray. That's machine. the important part, right? You place the patient, <laughs> the meat. Now you put it in front of the X-ray machine, and behind the patient is a, um, it's like a plate, a photographic plate. Okay. Now this has come a long way in the in the old days. It was literally a photographic plate, pretty much, and then you would basically, uh, you would basically uh, have the X-ray on this sort of plastic. You know, photograph basically, and you'd put it up and look at it under the light. Now it's all digital. Right, the X-ray has a, it's a digital. No, I remember the I remember the old ones. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, stick it on the yeah, clip they, and it they put smelled the light like box photog- behind it. They smelled it like photography, and you know yeah. you put them up. And, but basically, the the X-ray gets beamed at you. It goes through you, and then it it hits the plate. Now the idea is that the denser the material the X-ray goes through, the less X-ray passes through it. Okay, so less X-ray will pass through a bone than it will through, say, your lung, okay? Because your lung's just an open space, which is why um, when you look at an X-ray, bones are white, okay? Because they blocked the X-ray from going through and turning it black. Mm-hmm. You actually, uh, we actually now have uh, things on our uh, computer systems that can flip the color. So you can have like black X-rays mm-hmm. where the bones are black and everything else is white, you know? Uh, but the idea is that's basically how it works. And so, so Is that X-rays, useful to do that? It can be, yeah. Sometimes you'll actually be able to appreciate like a um, what we call an infiltrate or a fracture by switching it. It actually could be helpful. Just in, um, do, inverting yeah. it. Yeah. But once you get used to reading X-rays, it actually tends to be fairly simplistic. Um, you, you get a, you get good at seeing what what's broken and what's yeah. not. You know, think, oh, that that's um, not right. That, yeah, that's, a, exactly. that's a doctor you, you, doctor terminology. You would actually be really good at it because you got a visual eye. You know, yeah. anyone who like looks at it exactly, you look at they go. <laughs> I'll never forget. We were in X-ray rounds and. Residents, I was a student. The residents are looking, and my resident puts up the film of the cat scan and goes, Ooh, that's all full of goombas. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, What does that mean? He goes, Oh, it means he's dead. <laughs> I'm not, not sure you know, if that's You don't correct. want to see potato like objects no, on no, its brain. No, you know? no absolutely. So, not. But, anyway, so the, but here's the thing many people don't realize is that there are some things that x rays are great for, and some things that x rays are poor for. Now, Many people think you can only see bones on x-rays. That's actually not true. You can see soft tissues, but they're very vague. They're very sort of like a halo. Mm -hmm. They don't really look like um, too much of anything. So when you take an x-ray of someone's foot, you can't see the tendons. You can't see the ligaments. You uh, can sort of see a vague sort of silhouette of 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 the foot meats. I mean, I mean the, the tissues, the tissues. Uh, use, and, your, and use your doctor. Use terms. your doctor voice, Tyler. Uh, and um, uh, but it's not good for seeing that kind of thing. So um, you know, you can do an X-ray of someone's bowels to look for poo, mm-hmm. which we do. Uh, you can X-ray their lungs, of course, to find look for. Me? 
Oh yeah. Okay. Good. All the time. Yeah. Uh, you can you can do the lungs to look for pneumonia. You can uh, uh, kind of get a look at the uh, the heart, how big it is, the silhouette of the heart. Bones, of course. You always do all kinds of bones. Um, not too good for looking for kidneys. You know, we could do a lot of foreign body X-rays mm-hmm. uh, to look in case there's like a. Um, Metal in you, you know, you get metal in your eye. We do an x-ray of your eye to see if there's yeah. metal in there. Uh, now, what doesn't show up? Wood. Wood doesn't show up. Is it the it's density r- is it's similar radiolucent. to... It goes right through wood. Sand. Glass. Right through it. Oh, no, that, that I wouldn't think you, it you would think be. So that it's that not density. Be. It's not a density thing. It's a, it's a... Well, it's partly density and partly the material. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, you know, well, I interesting. mean, lead, of course, being so dense, completely blocks it. And, mm-hmm. and actually, honestly, with, with, with the amount of radiation that they're using with x-rays, even metal, like steel... Copper. The amount of radiation uh, has been reduced it, 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 yeah, tremendously. It's not a massive. We're, we're not talking about an X-ray laser here. We're talking about just you know uh, however many uh, rads it, that it, it produces, and it's not that that much. Um, not to say you want fifteen of these a year, but you know it's it's not a massive amount. But it's tricky. You got to be careful. I mean, oh man, you got to be careful. You have to make absolutely sure that the, if you have a female, she's not pregnant. You really want to avoid doing it. Excuse me. You really want to avoid doing it in children unless you absolutely have to. Um, the big radiation is the CAT scan. That's a lot of radiation. Yeah. Okay. And and you don't actually do that lightly. I mean, you have to do that. It's like, okay, something's really wrong with you. We're going to CAT scan you. And how does that work? Is um, this a similar process? So a, cat, a CAT scan is, is actually very interesting. A CAT scan, what it basically does is it it puts the um, the X-ray in a circle. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so basically it makes a circle of X-rays through your body. All right, and then you move a little bit, and it does another circle, and you move a little bit, and it does another circle, and moves, and it does another. And so, what basically you get are these like plates of a person's body, like slices, sections. slices, sections. And and so the idea is that uh, once you you get all those together, you can like literally use that the roller button on your mouse and scroll through the person's body, seeing like every single different different thing there. Do you know who actually was one of the people who who bankrolled the development of the first CT? The Beatles. Really? And apparently they made royalties that rivaled their song royalties for having basically had the, the, the forethought to, to, to uh, invest in the... All right, the, so the my, my bullshit detector is going off. Yeah. So we will, if anybody you, knows... You this, this could be an errata next week. Yeah, it could be an errata. This is fine. That's yeah. fine. But it's interesting enough to want to look yeah. that up to see if that's true. Yeah. Um, it's what I heard, Greg. Yeah. It's so what you have I heard. These, these slices, right? Yeah. So I'm a little... I'm a little confused as to like I can see how if you stand in front of a plate and I blast something in the front of you you block it and you yes. know we get an image on the plate but to get it to get a horizontal slice yeah. of you seems like it's it, it's not making as much sense to me as to where the rays are coming from and where they're being captured so so, so imagine a, a, a like a, a ring Mm-hmm. So, so you're sitting in a ring, right? Your your body is like your feet are going through the ring in, in one direction. Your head's going through the other direction, mm-hmm. like a, the, like a the, as, as if you had an oversized inner tube. Right. The ring basically generates the X-rays to the other side of the ring. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it does it through the entire ring. So, in other words, they're not going in one direction. They're literally going in. In three sixty rotating exactly they okay. rotate yeah so that's that's my understanding um, but um, that's uh, it, it's really it's really uh, now the CT is totally different CT so sees like what, so well, what are we ta- what are we talking about CAT scan CAT scan yeah right CT sorry so so are those X rays being done manually or is it a digital oh it's a digital yeah so it's, it's digital a, yeah. and then it, it's so is it taking all of those 
many different images as that circle goes around, and it's compositing them Correct. into a single image. It, it, it takes away... Infinity. Okay, all right. That, that's starting to make yeah. more sense. There's, there's an even more powerful... C, well, a more high-resolution CT called a spiral CT, and it uses a different technology, but it uh, has much, much higher resolution. They use that to look for blood clots in people's lungs. Uh, but um, This is basically, the, where the, it, it spins around at an ungodly speed? No, that's an MRI. Oh, MRI, an okay. MRI, yeah, which, which we talked about the MRI a while back, actually. Yeah. But this is the, C, the CT scan, excuse me. Um, but um, it, it, this this does show soft tissue. You see everyone's guts. You can see what they had, <laughs> you can see what they had for dinner. You can see their guts, it's Tyler. Just, that's terrible. Like everything. It's like their eyeballs, their tongue. Uh, I mean, the whole thing. There's yeah. just there's, and no, I've seen there's that. no secrets anymore. This, <laughs> it's just it's like <laughs> where am I going to keep my secrets, Tyler? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, an interesting thing. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's so funny because when you look back at like the history of medicine, you know what were the big advances? Well, antibiotics. Antibiotics. I, was, I, I always say imaging. Yeah. You know, X-rays. They used to back in the day. They're like, well, we don't know what's going on with you. Cut them open. They just take you. They say you have abdominal pain. Let's cut you open. Let's look in there. They just get in there. Cut, they take a have a look. <laughs> have a look. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> they don't even shove a periscope in the hole. They just literally cut you open and just start kneading around in there. And you know, I mean, it was actually. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, but that's what they did. That's exactly what they did back then. And it was for, you know, a lot of oncologic problems or, or whatever. They were just, just going and looking. So, uh, you know, back in the day, they would cut you open and we look at that as being barbaric. And, and a, a so looking into the future, say 20 years, 50 years yeah. in the future, yeah. what do you think they're going to look back on us and go, I well, cannot believe that all this of All of their phone booths will be CT MRIs. So <laughs> Every time you, you just call. get into a phone booth, it'll scan your body, and and there there you go. You know, of course, there's really no much no such thing as phone booths anymore anyway, because everybody has a cell phone. But uh, uh, yeah, no. Uh, so what'll happen is your blankets will be an MRI machine, mm -hmm. and you just you go to sleep, scans your body. When you wake up in the morning, because you have blankety blank, yeah. and you, you should see a doctor. You know, something like like along those lines. You know, like the your bed will be. Wasn't your, there a, a movie? I don't know if it was the. The, the the clone movie with Ewan McGregor. Dang. Uh, I can't think of the name of it. But you would go... Every day he would go open up his medicine cabinet and the computer would scan him at the medicine cabinet oh, and make recommendations. Gattaca. No, it wasn't Gattaca. Oh. It was uh, Ewan McGregor. It was not the beach. It was the... I got The island. Oh, the island. It was okay. the island. Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson. So, uh, but, but yeah, exactly. It'll just scan your scan you, and uh, although uh, there's actually some finer points to that, which we won't get into, but um, you don't in medicine, you don't want to test this too sensitive because it'll start finding things that you have to do something about that turn out were not a problem to begin with, and people end up with unnecessary surgeries and complications. Oh, they said about breast exams, so, right? Yeah, exactly. You've got to be a little bit careful with these things. Um, we used to call these things fascinomas. So I want to see what you think of this. Um, I read an article that um, the Australian humpback dolphin. I did not know there was such a thing. Yep, it's a thing. Uh, it dives to the bottom, the male. Yep. Selects an adequate sponge, balances the sponge on its nose, swims back up to the female and presents the sponge to her. For what purpose? For mating. What, what? For nookie. For, for, for nookie. He, he did it for the nookie. It's for nookie. And, and what does the, I want to know what in evolutionary terms caused the female 
to choose a sponge as the thing that okay, was... Okay, so, so there's a lot of theories about this. So some people have theorized that if the male is strong enough and limber enough to swim to the bottom and has the wherewithal to pluck a sponge and balance the sponge on its nose all the way back up to the female, that he's a pretty studly dude. I mean, that takes like brawn and brains and balance and coordination. I mean, it means you're a pretty good catch if he can present the sponge. That's pretty advanced thinking. I, well, see, then see that's that's what's called natural. That's sort of like uh, natural selection. In other words, the fittest dolphins can can get the sponges up there. Okay, but then there's sexual selection, which is this. You ready? She digs sponges. <laughs> that's, that's what I it. think. That's just, what she I just think. Digs it is. the sponge. That's what I think. It is. It's the she's simplest like, answer. But she's like, oh, this sponge is turning me on. But <laughs> you said natural selection, but. That's not really natural selection because well, natural selection would mean that there would be an evolutionary. I mean, the evolutionary advantage is that the female likes or the female has figured out that well, this is. But right. the act, the act of doing it doesn't help that dolphin do anything. Well, again, the whole point is survive any the, better. The idea is if you're if you're a buff, strong, agile dolphin, that means you're healthier than the other dolphins. No, I, I get all that. I get all that. But I mean, but it seems it's almost like a false fabricated sort of survival scenario that they've created well, well, here. It's not a directly related yeah, thing. Uh, yeah. My neck is longer so I can reach more leaves so I'm going to survive and, and I'm going to procreate. One that, of the one of the best... My neck is not longer, by the way. I'm going to clear no, that up. Yes, yeah. Say what you will about Mr. Dawkins because he's, he's kind of an unpleasant individual. Okay? Yeah. But he did have a really... Interesting. We're talking about Richard Dawkins. Richard Dawkins. Richard Dawkins. Yeah. He did have a really interesting concept that he said. He says, "Listen, the replication of DNA is a chemical reaction. Okay, it's a it's an ongoing chemical reaction, and it's a reaction that wants to continue. It basically it's it's about the continuance of this chemical reaction. Okay, and DNA. All DNA wants to is do is replicate. That's all it's trying to do. Doesn't care how it happens. Doesn't care yeah. why. It all oh, it no, wants to do is make that, as yeah. many copies of itself as it can. And when you look at these things in terms of that, rather than oh, this makes sense for him to be like this, or it makes sense for her to be like that, or this, 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 all it all it comes down to net amount of copies created. That's all that really matters. Yeah. The okay? end justifies the, the means. Exactly. Sort of, yeah. So you could have, for instance, the peacock, right? I mean, this peacock, this poor thing, has to carry around. All these feathers, okay? Do you think that peacock runs faster with all those feathers on its butt? No, you're absolutely no. right. You're absolutely yeah, right. And there, you know, but you know why he's got those feathers? Because the chicks dig it. Yep. And that's why they. they that's why. And it, you know what? It doesn't matter if it if you don't really feel that good. As long as your genes are being passed on, nature doesn't care. It's like having Huntington's chorea. Huntington's chorea kills you in your late forties. You've already had kids by then. You'll never get rid of that through evolution ever. Yeah. Huntington's chorea will stay with you. Diabetes type two. That's it. It'll never go away because you've already had your kids. Nature doesn't care if you die in your forties of, of a heart attack or anything. It's you write kids, so it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy. I think that's where I think it's it's kind of cool that I think humans are gonna have the ability to step in and say, "Oh no, it's not just about you know replicating our genes. We're gonna do something better at this point. We're gonna do something more, no, more noble." They will, and there will be no unintended consequences. There will be. <laughs> How could there be, How could Greg? There be How could there be any manipulation? And we'll just always make the best decisions. Of course we will. Fantastic. I mean, what what's wrong with your kid having gills? I mean, we already did this. We we talked about the the super soldier that lives in my basement and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, but I mean, I think that the, that the the I mean, this is the whole point. Humans are bucking the system now. 
I mean, that's that's happening now. We, we have control over our genes. We have, you know, we have control over these things that no living creature on Earth has ever had. And, yeah, uh, so I, I wish, I, I said before that I wish that... We I, could create a Porg. A Porg? Yeah. Well, why not? We could, you would cross a puffin with a bunny. You get a Porg. <laughs> I think that's what it is. It's what it is. It's yeah. a puffin bunny. It's an earless puffin bunny Porg. Yeah. It's a, but anyway, what are you saying? Sorry. So, I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, I was going to say, I've said before that Trump being president, I wish that this happened when I was in my 80s because then I could laugh and it would be <laughs> funny. you could laugh about it. Would it would be funny to me, right? Yeah. But... All of this, you know, the the DNA and genetic engineering and all that stuff, I'm glad I'm now, I'm here now, because I can kind of speculate on how awful it's going to be and laugh, and I don't have to live through it. Right. It's exactly. kind of the opposite. Right? By the time we have, you know, gill babies, you're going to be long dead. So I'm going to be, this, be hopefully, yeah, yeah. Yeah, long dead. So, but uh, I, I think it's exciting, actually. I mean, uh, there have been some, um, some attempts made to... Uh, Get rid of certain things. Get rid of cystic think, fibrosis so, and these other things. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, not successful as yet. Our CRISPRs are not up to it, but we're oh, working. Back on to it. CRISPRs. Back to CRISPRs. Sinister CRISPRs. Yeah. We should have a breakfast cereal called CRISPRs. CRISPRs. <laughs> and it's like little DNAs. Yeah, little DNA helixes. Like little little and... DNAs. Wow, that's great. I'd buy some. Is it is it honey flavored or is it? Uh, cinnamon? It's genetically modified honey flavored. G- G- GMO. It's honey. honey it's G- honey that you milk from a from a, a pork. Yeah, or a cow. Could you imagine that? It's just a big honey udder. The cow's like, God, it hurts. I wish I was dead. Like, <laughs> next to them is the maple, the maple syrup cow and the chocolate syrup cow. And they, ketchup they, cow. Ketchup, ketchup cow. Awesome. <laughs> Lemonade cow. <laughs> All right. What are we, 12? We're, yeah, this we are terrible. 12. This, this, this is terrible. Is, All right. <laughs> so anyway... Uh, but I think, uh, you know, I do think that, uh, but that's important because I think humans now have done two things that has never really happened in nature. Well, mostly never happened in nature. The first thing the we've Kardashians. done. The Kardashians. The Kardashians, well, that's certainly unnatural. But they, uh, no, um, one thing humans have done is we have taken a lot of our race information and took it out of our cells. And now it's in the form of writing, computers, um, video, you know. So what do you mean by that? Explain that. So, okay, so basically, if you think about it, what DNA is is information. It's mm-hmm. just encrypted yeah. information, okay? And it's it's encrypted. So it's, it's almost like it's been, um, uh, you know, a zip file. That, sure. That's what DNA is. It's a zip file, yep. okay, for those of you who remember zip files. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, the, the cell is the, uh, the unpacker that undoes the zip file and makes mm-hmm. it into to whatever it is. So the idea is that, that that has been for millions of years on this planet. It's been DNA. That's how information gets transmitted is DNA. Humans, when they first wrote something, bucked the system. Now we can transmit information that has nothing to do with our cells or our kids or any of that crap. We can basically make, we can transmit vast amounts of inf- information in a non-biological manner, okay? We have ways of storing information that make it last forever. We have, you know, almost forever. You know, we have, so, so we, we've been able to, to, to transmit information uh, in ways that other animals simply can't. Right. Not, not to say, by the way, that chimps don't teach uh, their baby chimps things. I mean, they can do it, but they don't, um, they don't really pass on information the way we do, obviously, with, like, say, writing or, or magnetic whatever you know whatever you know that kind of stuff so that's the first thing we did and the second thing we did is we can now very soon have total control over our genetics so basically we're going to be we're going to we're going to transcend man we're going to transcend so if we had smart as so, fuck I know. <laughs> human oh, that's the beings first you're going to beep that out all right yeah so okay the the uh uh 
you said, uh, what did you say? We're going to be able to, to genetically do whatever we want. Yes. What do you think are the most likely, what do you think are some benevolent, some big things, but benevolent things that we'll Big be benevolent things? Okay, so you can, um, uh, my dad was reading a futurist book, and there's this, he said that what's going to happen is humans are going to evolve deliberately with our own controlling our genetics mm-hmm. uh, into homo with, de- with, with intent. With yeah. intent, into homo deus. Mm-hmm. Homo deus is basically the replicants of Blade Runner. Stronger, faster, smarter, resistant to injury, probably live, if you, uh, Blade Runner aside, probably live 300 years. Okay, mm-hmm. so you have these beings who literally, they're, they're a little bit like the men of Numenor. You know, so they, I'm curious, they, so this is, uh, we're kind of going down a, a path here, getting off the topic, but I'm curious, can you genetically change the mind to accept the fact that it's going to live for 300 years. Because I, I expect that the... I, I understand that the physically you may be able to get someone to survive to be 300 years old and to be healthy for you know for yep. m- much of that time. Yep. But, can, but can you... Is well, there, is there was, a way to change uh, change the mind to accept that? Yeah, or is this, it, or you know, you're, you're, you're just there, done. You're there stuck was with a, it. There's actually interesting you say that. There was a book, uh, I think it was by Frederick Paul called Boat of a Million Years. It was about immortals. And at about 250, they all went crazy. Yeah, that's what I was expecting. Because couldn't, they couldn't manage their, their yeah. memories anymore. And then what happened in, in that book, um, they just kind of like created their own cognitive systems to deal with it. And it, it, it took them years. But when they finally kind mm-hmm. of came out of it, they were able to they, they they were made able a patch. do it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they, they just were able to kind of like just reintegrate their memories in a way that made sense. But um, it's a very good question. I mean... Um, <clears throat> but you know, I'm, I think a lot of people are worried about that. But I think what would really happen would be, I mean, take you, you and take you and me. Okay, how much do you remember from being age five? Very little. Not much. That's what's going to happen. You'll be 250 years old, and you're like, you know, I don't really remember too much when I was 50. You know, yeah. I think what happens is you basically would just get rid of old memory traces that aren't important to you and form new ones that are. Right, but that, that's assuming that there isn't a de- degradation of, of, of your oh, ability to, to, to remember. And I don't know, it, genetically, can you can you correct for that? Yeah, to some degree. You could, okay, sure, so, yeah. yeah. You, could, you could prevent things like Alzheimer's and, and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, senility. You wouldn't have uh, what's called... Um, uh, multi-infarct dementia, which is where you shower little tiny strokes into your head, you become demented that way. You know? See, so, I, so I just, but those, those seem to me to be big things that you're preventing. Yeah. I'm talking about the natural, like just the, general. The answer d- is d- there's no way to tell. Yeah, because no one's lived that long. So it would it would probably be something that would happen over time as as these individuals start getting older, uh, they'd be like, "Hey, doc, I'm having trouble sorting my memories out. It's confusing." Or, "Hey, doc, and, I don't want to live uh, anymore." I don't which live is anymore. what I'm thinking. Well, happen. well, bear, two, two things to bear in mind. I mean, you're absolutely right. There's there's you know a person who's lived a good life and is tired tired of living will die. You yeah. know, and they don't care. It's not a problem to them. You know, uh, young bucks like you and me want to live forever. Sounds good right now, but when you're you know 80 years old, the only issue this this though, I was getting back to the men of Numenor. You know, you look at uh, Viggo Mortensen, who's you know I'm 87 years old, and I'm like you know Mortensen, uh, Mortensen, no, Morgan Stern. I don't know. So, Morgan, never mind. Mor- Mortensen. Mortensen so, is the Princess Bride. But okay. Go ahead. So anyway, the point is, he's like you know they show him die in one of the in, the, in I think the second one, Arwen is crying over his grave, and he's got like a little bit of white on his temples. Hmm. You know, and he's probably like three hundred years old you know if you can stay fit and healthy till you're dead you want to you're gonna want to keep living you're gonna yeah. want to keep living because it doesn't hurt your bowels are not acting up you don't smell bad you're, you're feeling great you know you don't so smell like corn you don't smell <laughs> corn and <laughs> liniment oil 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, yeah, that, that's that's a uh, I think a potential thing that we could see uh, to keep people vibrant and active and healthy and not in pain and and, and feeling good for two three hundred years. You know, um, bear in mind uh, right, that so just just based on accidents, you're going to die at eight hundred by odds anyway. So it's died 800. Yeah. The, the longest, the, someone did the odds once they said that pretty much 800 is as far as you're going to get before like a safe falls on you and whatever. It's just, there's just no way you're going to live that, that, that much longer. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. The longer you you'd live, have to be invulnerable. You, you need to be invulnerable as well. So yeah. Anyway, we'll sign me up. Brave new world. Thank you for listening to the pretend to imagine podcast with Tyler and Greg. We hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about porgs, mm, the new animals for the new, the new Star Wars film, right? They look delicious. They, they are delicious. And I'm going to say it again, they plump when you cook them. Yep. Uh, and, and what else did we talk about? We talked about x-rays. Yep. And the CT uh, scan. It's fantastic. Um, and uh, how dangerous they are yeah. to poor Madame, Madame Curie. And yeah, yeah. Whoever. And uh, what else did we talk about? We talked about... Uh, oh, we talked about uh, uh, dolphins. And dolphins giving gifts, little, giving sponges. Yeah, a little bit of evolutionary theory. Very strange. And uh, then we started talking about the uh, the fact that humans are going to be controlling our own evolution and what will we end up as. I'm hoping that I'm going to be a uh, fry cook on Venus. A what? No, never mind. That's a... That's, that's a, that's a, a, a what? Uh, uh, Ferris Bueller reference. Never mind. Ah. Anyway, so we hope you listened. Uh, hope you enjoyed listening to us, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week. By the way, this was our fortieth podcast. Was it? I'd like to just give Greg a high five here. Fist bump. Oh no, he tried to high five me when I fist bump. You're confusing me. Anyway, uh, yeah, forty podcasts. Uh, very excited. This uh, uh, we're actually coming up now on a year of on doing year. this. We're coming up in a year. Well, we have a, a, we year's, have a, a year's worth of episodes. Haven't we passed a year? We, we passed a year because it was a hiatus. We took about three months we took off. took a hiatus, um, yeah. So it was about three, four months off, I yeah. think we took. So but, what are we um, going to do? We have anything special planned for our 50th? It, it will be a gala episode. We're going to be wearing tuxedos. Uh, there's going to be uh, there's going to be a whole dance number. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be a very special guest. Uh, we're, we're <laughs> a gonna, very special episode yeah, of Pretend to Imagine. A very special episode of Pretend to Imagine. Um, and, uh, you know, let us know what you think. You know, again, uh, we, uh, we, we have um, gotten some feedback uh, from people about the podcast. And uh, uh, if you have been with us for a long time, you, you probably remember there's a lot of uh, sort of comedy bits in the beginning, which have since sort of washed out. They, they, the podcast is more just kind of like, discuss- well, yeah, but it's, it's more sort of discussion based, you know, all these kinds of things. And um, uh, people seem to like that. So uh, the other question is guests. Would we ever want to get a guest on our podcast? I mean, I've got a third um microphone that we could use and have a, a guest here talking yeah, with us. I think uh, the logistics, we um, could make that work. It would not be that hard, but literally they'd literally sit right here with a headphone plugged in and, and our system can um, uh, can handle that. So it might be a neat thing to do to have a guest. Uh, I wanted Brian to be a guest, but he's refusing. Uh, there's other people I'd like as a guest that Greg won't allow. And um, that's that's where we're at. So uh, we'll, we'll get back to you on that, folks. And thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Pretend to Imagine. For questions or comments, please email us at podcast at pretendtoimagine.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Pretend to Imagine. And visit our website at, you guessed it, pretendtoimagine.com. Produced by Tyler Smith and Greg Fisher. Web design and tech support by Small Hall Studios. Audio by Mitch Myers. Music by Greg Fisher. Editing by Tyler Smith. 
please check us out on iTunes and Stitcher and give us a five-star rating if you enjoy our podcast. Thanks and happy pretending.